Shaloma, you're listening to Watered Womanhood, the podcast for women walking in the truth of who Yahuwah, the Most High, says we are, where we uncover what it means to be his bride. I'm Ravasha Alohalani, founder of the Hebrew Housewife, a set-apart homemaking blog for the Daughters of Israel. I've been studying the word all my life and ministering to Israelite sisters since 2019 by the grace of Abba Nawa with original homemaking tips, biblical marital advisory, and truth-based devotionals. Join me in building up the kingdom at Hebrew Housewife on Instagram and thehebrewhousewife.com where you can join both my exclusive email newsletter and the Hebrew Housewives Club, a private Facebook group for us, by us. Hi! Welcome, welcome, welcome! It's season two, baby! I am so excited to be... Wow, wow. Mind equals blown. Mind equals blown. Oh, gosh. I'm so excited to be entering season two with you beautiful sisters. Um, to kick off season two, episode one, we're going to be talking about submitting to leadership because leadership is leadership, period. But before I get into today's topics, I have some things that I would like to share with you sisters, okay? Number one, I have a special surprise. I'm revamping our Patreon. For those of you who do not know, yes, I am on Patreon. I currently have three tiers ranging from $1 to $20 a month. And I'm offering my first 10 patrons a digital portrait created just by me. Um, I do create a monthly magazine style newsletter. I share private podcast episodes that I will never be releasing anywhere else. And Patreon just made an update to where you can upload videos directly to Patreon without having to upload on the back end of YouTube and share with a private link and do all these crazy, crazy things that's really not secure. So I'm excited to say I'll be posting videos here and there, some behind the scenes content, you know how to do. And I hope to see you on the pink side, okay? Because I already got my little itinerary lined up and it's gonna get spicy, okay? It's gonna get real spicy. It's gonna get saucy. So I can't wait to see you there. The second thing that I wanna share with you, okay? Now that we're in season two, right? We're at the end of the Greco-Roman year. It's December, right? We're going into January. Spotify told me something very special. The Watered Womanhood podcast is in the top 25% most shared podcast in the world. And the Watered Womanhood podcast is also in the top 15% of most followed podcasts in the world, okay? I'll repeat it. Top 25% most shared, top 15% most followed. Okay. Now that doesn't mean that the whole world is following and sharing and listening to the Watered Womanhood podcast. It means two things. Number one, that most of the people who tune in and listen are actually choosing to subscribe um, and automatically download new episodes as soon as they premiere. 
right? So you can just jump in and play it. And number two, it also means that most of the people who are tuning in and subscribing choose to share the podcast, share these episodes, and spread the love that I, Sister Asha, and the Water Woman Hood podcast is also trying to share. I really appreciate you. You sisters have really blown my mind. Seriously, I praise the most high. I was really excited when I was reviewing my podcast wrapped from Spotify. You know, they they make a um you know, Spotify wrapped for you if you, you know, listen to music on the Spotify app or whatever. But they also make one for you if your podcast is on there too. So I was going through mine and it was sharing all these great statistics for me. And I really was just blown away. Like, wow. Wow. We are almost at 4,000 total listens for season one alone. And I am just so excited. I'm really so excited. I'm turned. I feel blessed. And I'm blessed to have you with me. Um, I just want to let you ladies know that I just appreciate the love and support. I appreciate the generosity. And it it comforts me. It comforts me. It really does. This is my life. This is something that I dedicated myself to doing before I even got married. And my ministry is so dear to my heart and just being able to reach you, to speak to you and comfort you, um, inspire you and encourage you in the word. <sighs> it really lifted me up out of the dunghill. You know what I mean? It gave my life purpose. It made me feel value. This is me working for the most high and just to see the fruit, it's surreal. Um, Speaking of fruit, a few weeks before, so maybe like a week ago from the date of recording this, but a few weeks before you're currently listening to this, I shared a post in the Facebook group, the Hebrew Housewives Club, and also on my Instagram story, asking for any assistance, donations, gift cards, or any, um, you know, goods that you may have that you can hand over so that me and my husband could buy a new computer. Um, And the love and contribution was absolutely overwhelming. I just wanna thank you ladies so much for the support. You don't know how much it means to both my husband and myself. And because of your continual support, okay, not only am I able to deliver the Hebrew Housewife content and the Water Womanhood podcast, it means my husband, Um, He now has a computer to use for work, you know, because the old computer was a work computer. Um, And now he can come back to working at home right where I need him because I'm very clingy. I love my husband. I love having him at home with me. He does get on my nerves, but I don't know if I could handle him going to work for eight to 12 hours a day and leaving me at home by myself. Um, So... Thank you. I praise the most high for you. I feel extremely blessed to be able to call you beautiful ladies, my sister, sister Erica, sister Ashley, sister Journey, and sister Courtney, as well as sister Erica. Thank you, sister, so much. That was really an outpouring straight from from the most high. We were praying about it. We didn't know what we were going to do. And Through you, sisters, the Most High showed up and showed out. So thank you, thank you, thank you. 
Okay. The next thing that I would like to share with you, sisters, is that our Facebook group is growing and glowing. It's called the Hebrew Housewives Club. And I know that some of you who are listening are already in it. And yes, it is the best kept secret on the entire internet. Um, I started it about September 2022 when I decided to take a serious step back from Instagram. I thought about creating an app, but then I realized you have to invest quite a bit in order to keep the data secure. Um, And at one point, I also considered opening the blog, The Hebrew Housewife, um, by creating a wall um, behind which there would be exclusive content. But then I also realized that would require an extensive investment to keep mine and your data secure. And I just didn't want to create that risk because, listen, there has been over 1,000 hack attempts on my website. And I'm not joking. I'm not kidding. It's like people are trying to hack my blog multiple times a day and I can see it on my dashboard. You know, it lets me know. So I just didn't want to create that risk. So that is where I realized I could just use Facebook groups. So here we are. Um, We talk about marriage, we talk about homemaking, we talk about femininity, and it's just sisters. It's fun, it's wise, it's Israelite women who love the Most High, who love His Word, and are just looking to fellowship, to break bread, get to know sisters, you know? Um, we're, We're creating a bond. That's all I can say. Please go ahead and join us. If you want to, I'll leave the link down below, or you can just find it at the top of my website, thehebrewhousewife.com. Finally, I'm extending my personal invitation for sponsors. If you would like to sponsor this podcast, I'll leave the link in the description where you'll find everything you need to know about my audience and my projects. I have very affordable rates. I'm looking for Israelites, Hebrews who have businesses, who offer services, who are marketing towards other Israelites, okay? Because we got to protect our own. We got to shop with our own. We got to build this community up, right? Listen, money ain't everything, but who's going to be able to eat without it, all right? We're going to strengthen this community and we're going to build each other up. Now, without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Submitting to leadership because leadership is leadership, period. Let's go through what submission is, what leadership is, why these must exist together, what it looks like when it's fruitful, and its destructive potential when chaotic. So first, what is submission? Submission is the quality of offering one's total self and resources to an external goal, mission, or shared objective. This can be applied to -to human-to-human relationships, or it can also be applied in a functional and organizational sense. I'll give you two examples. If I were to say, I really love my husband, but I know the best way for me to show him that is to submit. Okay, a second example, um, which would be more specific to the latter scenario, could read as follows. Wow, I just read all of your essay submissions, and I have to say that I'm quite impressed with this year's class. 
In both senses, the idea is that something is given away with the exception, sorry, with the expectation that it now belongs to someone else. And yet your creation of it is still acknowledged. It is still a part of you. It is something that you have offered and your offering thereof is fully acknowledged and yet it is given away. Now, what is leadership? Leadership is the action of directing a person or group towards the completion of a goal or goals. We're all familiar with the idea that biblical leadership is healthy, holy, and non-negotiable for all of us. While leadership in the Bible is most commonly associated with men, right? How they lead their homes, lead their wives, lead their armies or their servants, But leadership is a quality which the Most High encourages every single human being to embody by having a holy disposition, an upright heart, and by imparting mercy on those who need it the most. So in that respect, to me, leadership is therefore no longer just the action of being in the head role, but it is also a subset of characteristics that a human being can acquire which makes them fit to set an example and to organize a conquest. This means that while men have their wives and their homes and their servants to lead, we as women have our minds to protect and steer towards Yah. When we are home, there are certain jurisdictions that we may have, such as the organization, maybe even the schedules of our homes. And we also have our children's rearing. Leadership applies to all of us in the same way that submission is required of all of us in various different ways. Why must submission and leadership work in conjunction? Simply put, submission and leadership are like peanut butter and jelly. They just go together. You just can't have one (laughs) without the other. A leader is not really accomplishing the role of a leader if there is no one following Similarly, a group or a person with the gifts that may be beneficial towards accomplishing a goal may not be able to get there efficiently if they don't have someone with greater wisdom to show them how to get there or to hold them accountable for their contribution. In the human to human relationship aspect, this is called order. Order is what keeps militaries together. Order is what upholds governments. Order is what keeps your children in line from talking back and from disobeying what you have commanded them to do. Submission and leadership must work together for order to exist. But why is order important? In short, order is important primarily because it is the will of the Most High. He commanded Adam and Eve to subdue the earth, to tame it, and to have dominion over it. These are very specific orders, and by fulfilling those orders, we will see the earth no longer be wild, but have peace to be livable for human beings and for greater goals to then become possible by first accomplishing the simple one. Order is also important because it simplifies organization and takes the confusion out of who should be doing what so that we can focus on simply accomplishing the objective. The Most High does all things in order and with order. And that is his expectation of us as well, is to simply maintain peace upon the earth. And this is not possible without order and organization. And for order and organization to exist, 
Submission and leadership must work together and coexist. So what does it look like when submission and leadership work together um, and become fruitful? I will give you a very real life and modern example. Maybe a year and a half ago to two years ago, I was on Instagram viewing a sister's story. Her name is at keep her underscore at underscore home. So keep her at home. She was sharing her testimony of health restoration, weight loss, and lifestyle change in her home and in her family. She showed before and after pictures of herself and her family. And the difference was very noticeable, not just because they had lost weight, but they all looked healthier. Their skin was simply glowing. They just looked happier in the more recent pictures than they did in the former. But what really caught my eye was a statement that the sister made. My ish had a vision and I decided to execute it. Those were her words. Her husband had a vision and she decided to follow up. She decided to obey. She decided to respond to what he said with her actions accordingly. And the most I made it very clear to me in that moment that order was truly that simple. And when order is prioritized, we will see the fruit. I'm sure you can think of many examples um, or moments in your life that you have witnessed this or experienced the same instance for yourself. When you're in a group or a part of a family or you're working at your job and you're a leader or perhaps you're the leader and you decide such and such will be best for us to focus on so that we can accomplish this. And there's almost a sort of magic that happens when everyone knows their role, they do their job, and the leader carries everyone to the finish line. It makes for a peaceful and orderly experience. But we know that this is not the case when leadership and submission don't work together. When leadership and submission don't work together, chaos ensues. People do not communicate, nor are they receptive to communication. Roles and tasks go undone, initiative is lacking, or initiative is being taken where it isn't needed. Some people end up doing more than others, and the original goal is often lost in the sauce from all the new problems popping up. A great example is Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden or Paradise. They had very clear goals outlined by Yahuwah, tame the earth, have dominion over it, then be fruitful and multiply, and do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because submission and leadership were not in sync for one reason or another, in one way or another, this mission was not accomplished by Adam and Eve. The result is that sin entered the world, Adam and Eve were expelled from the garden, thus humanity was expelled from the garden, and they now had to labor in order to survive instead of simply being able to enjoy the palace that was created for them. A kingdom was literally established for them. And because of this, you know, lack of order, truly, that's just simply what it is, a lack of order, they couldn't enjoy it. And their life also shows us that when submission and leadership don't work together, it doesn't just impact the parties involved, right? This didn't just impact Adam and Eve. It impacted their children and it impacts us today. The impact is often further reaching than we often have the capacity to understand in the moment. And this is why order is so important because we may not always see the importance. We may not always see the impact and understand why the most high is 
um, sometimes he can appear tedious, right? He can appear very particular um, and meticulous and maybe even a little, you know, it's extra. It's like, why are all these minute details so necessary? Or, you know, why am I required to act this way and speak this way or dress this way? And it's really about order. And I love that about the Most High that his ways are higher than our ways as far as the heavens are above the earth. We don't always have the power to perceive his will um, and how he intends for things to pan out. But if we choose to obey and um, choose the way of order, that clarity will come. And that's called wisdom. The main point of today's episode is to discuss our obstacles in submission as women. Um, the obstacles that we face in leadership, um, you know, the leadership that Yahuwah has placed over our lives. So let me make that point. Okay. I don't just mean leadership in general, although this can apply because at the end of the day, leadership is leadership, but most specifically the leadership that Yahuwah has placed over our lives. This conversation is not for those who have made up their minds that submission isn't for them. This episode is not about convincing you to submit or even making a case for submission. You either want to do it or you do not want to do it. That's why it's called submission. It is a choice. You choose to submit. Any other type of submission is not submission. Submission is a 100% choice. And unless your submission is based on your 100% free will, it is impossible for you to fully submit. You will never offer all of yourself. So instead, <clears throat> excuse me, I would like to offer resolutions for those of us who simply desire to embody this feminine principle that will make life peaceful in our homes, in our families, and in our communities. So what are the three most common obstacles women face when attempting to submit to leadership? I'll go through the three. And then we'll talk, we'll talk about some solutions and resolutions. Obstacle number one, my leader or leaders are unqualified to lead. I've heard this from other wives and maidens, and I have felt this for myself. This is especially true both in marriage as well as in congregations. Perhaps your husband is an inexperienced leader, particularly if this is his first marriage and you are his first wife. Likewise, an elder at a congregation may be aged and wise, but perhaps he's never had responsibility over his own flock before at such magnitude. I'm certain people felt this way about King David. He was a scrawny little shepherd who only became king after slaying Goliath by, you know, almost by chance. You know, the probability of something like that occurring was slim to none. But this was the path that the Most High had outlined for him. David wasn't from a royal family. He didn't have experience holding an office, right? He wasn't in the military. Um, he wasn't in politics. He hadn't had any royal mentors up to that point. He was a deeply flawed human being, and he often made hasty decisions as the king, right, in his rulership. But no one can deny the good that King David did to Israel, and the blessing his lineage is to the kingdom. He is literally um, a great grandparent of Yahusha Christ, Hamashiach. Sometimes the Most High does appoint so-called unqualified people into positions of leadership. And this is a harsh reality we must be willing to acknowledge. 
and ask the most high for the wisdom to navigate. So I'm going to jump to the next obstacle and then go through the resolutions after all the obstacles are covered. Obstacles num- obstacle number two, my leader or leaders are imperfect. I felt this way in every single instance I've needed to submit at work, at home, in congregations. No one is perfect, nor should anyone be expected to be perfect because this is an impossible feat for mankind. We have yet to accomplish perfection with the exception of a few people in the scripture, namely Samuel, Enoch, Job, John the Baptist, and Christ. And if I'm missing someone else, please let me know. But to my knowledge, these are the only people that the scripture says lived a perfect life. Okay. Humans lie, steal, kill, gossip, amongst other sins, sometimes intentionally and sometimes on accident. This is a truth of life that we simply cannot escape until the kingdom is established on earth as it is in heaven. Just because someone becomes anointed to lead and protect doesn't suddenly eradicate their flesh. And I think that we as, you know, human beings, particularly as those who are not in a Um, great position of leadership, right? If you're not in government, if you're not in the military, you know, if you're not a CEO, maybe you don't have children, um, you know, for the most part, you find yourself vulnerable, right? You could be an orphan or you could be a widow and you just having to submit to leadership. Everybody has to submit to someone. The Bible makes that clear. You know, that is how order is maintained. We suddenly have this expectation of our leaders that they um, ascend their human status and they become godlike in order to carry out their duties. And while it is natural to want to, you know, feel like the person or people who are leading you are able to maintain a holy standard, it is also unrealistic to expect human beings to not be human. They live and breathe the same air as you. Acknowledging this reality really helps us manage our expectations um, as we attempt to submit and endeavor to to submit. And more importantly, it helps us to remember to pray and gives us the points to pray on for those in leadership. Moving on to the final most common obstacle that we as women face in submitting to leadership. Number three, my leader or leaders don't listen to me. It is so easy to feel like our own ideas, strategy, or insight will be best in accomplishing the goal or goals. And this can often be true, especially for wives. We are called to help me. Now, how can I be qualified to help someone unless I know something they don't or can do something they can't do? It is the most frustrating thing in the world to be in submission And have valuable input that can save a lot of trouble and conflict and yet not be able to implement your knowledge because leadership is set on doing things one way. This is discouraging and is sometimes one of my biggest obstacles in submitting to leadership of all types, right? Because I know sometimes I can be a smart aleck and I think I know the best way and I think I have all these brilliant ideas and sometimes I do. Um, But, you know, leadership not listening to us or... Um, you know, choosing to execute our ideas the way we think they should be executed is not something we can fix by speaking louder or speaking more often. We can't make our arguments or point of view more appealing by dressing it up 
or creating a softer presentation for it, not if submission is our intention. So now we face an internal conflict, one that is not alien to our foremothers or humanity in general, but a serious conflict nonetheless. So how do we overcome these obstacles to submission, right? As we endeavor to um, facilitate, establish and maintain order. Well, first we need to remember that the body is more than the eye. And I think a lot of the obstacles in submitting to leadership is really rooted in feelings of insecurity about your role, feelings of insecurity about your significance and um, the value that you add to any equation. But the scripture says the body you know, is more than the seeing. The body is more than the hearing and the body is more than the hands. If the entire body were the eyes, where are the hearing? And if the entire body, you know, is the nose, where's the touch? Every single component of this community that we call a body or your home that you call your body or your workplace that you call your body is vital to the function of the organization. And you really need to get into that space with the most high um, that allows you to feel that softness and feel that femininity and really truly embracing your contributions and the gifts and the talents that the most high has given you so that you can focus on um, your contribution and doing what it is that you have been created to do, um, you know, because the most high has created every single entity, every single plant, every single organism, every single human being, every single man, woman, and child with their own specific purpose that he has destined them and them only to accomplish in a very unique way. And we can overcome um, our obstacles and submission by choosing to focus on doing what we do. And that leads me to the next point. Do your part first. Figure out what your talent is, you know, what your contribution is, and just do that first. Before you're worried about, you know, the submission isn't qualified, submission isn't, you know, listening to me, um, the submission doesn't really, not, not submission, <laughs> the leadership, right? The leadership doesn't listen to me. The leadership doesn't have experience. The leadership, you know, is just unqualified. What is your part? Did you do your part? What is your part? You know, did you do your part? Did you accomplish what it is that you're supposed to be accomplishing, right? Take accountability, have accountability because at the end of the day, when you are standing before your Lord, your creator on that faithful day, on that day of vengeance and that day of doom, that day of judgment, he's not going to be asking you about what somebody else did. <laughs> that hour for you, that's just for you, for you to account for what you did. It's not going to be about anybody else. It's going to be about you and the decisions that you've made, and you're not going to be able to scapegoat your actions by saying, well, my leadership didn't do this and leadership couldn't do that. So I wasn't able to da, 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 da. It's going to be, did you obey or did you not? And that's just the bottom line. We need to take accountability in all of our roles, 
not just as wives and mothers, but as parts of the community as a whole in maintaining or disrupting the order. Are we doing what we're supposed to be doing or not? Are we doing our part and the role that was assigned to us first? That needs to be our first priority instead of worrying about what someone else is doing. Because to be honest, when you start to do what you're doing, you don't know how you're alleviating the leadership. You could be setting the example. And Yahusha makes this and states this very plainly to us, making it clear. The greatest among you shall be your servant. The greatest among you is the minister. The greatest among you is the least among you. Be that person. Do your part first diligently. And then you can think about what the leadership is doing. The next point, overcoming obstacles to submission to leadership. Acknowledge your own shortcomings and how leadership benefits you. Now, I really like to demonstrate this point most specifically in marriage and in biblical marriage because the argument against submission um, and, you know, traditional gender roles for women is that, you know, we're living in a new era. Women are liberated. We don't have to do that. Why would I need to submit, you know? to a man who's going to lie, a man who's going to maybe financially abuse me and take advantage of my situation when I can just, you know, go to college and get a degree, get me a nice job, you know, get my own apartment, my own house and car and things like that. And, you know, hey, if that's what the Most High has outlined for you, that's your thing. I'm not saying don't do that. I'm not saying to do that. You know, your life is your life. Sister Asha ain't in it. (laughs) That's just the bottom line. But these arguments against this really drive this point home that no leadership is not perfect, but what helps us to um, accomplish our part in submission, because submission is a part of our role as women um, in marriage. I can speak mostly for any other situations that you may be in, which are requiring um, you know, this equilibrium to occur, but for marriage, specifically in biblical marriage, submission is a top priority for wives. There's no way around that. And we can overcome the obstacle of feeling like, you know, leadership is not trustworthy or unqualified to lead by simply choosing to focus on how the leadership is actually benefiting us, you know, and, This is um, something that I would say may be quite bitter to swallow. It may be bitter on the tongue, right? It might be a little spicy take. I don't know. It could be a little, you know, I'm just a messenger, but I'm just going to say it. You know, listen, your leadership, your husband, your family, whoever is the head over your life, they may not provide for you or protect you in the way that you think should be done, but They are likely doing it to the best of their ability, you know, and we need to be willing to accept that this is the truth. We need to be willing to acknowledge um, leadership's contribution, however small that it may be, and be willing to say, you know what, especially for us housewives, okay, I don't have the biggest house. We don't have the newest car. We don't eat the greatest food, but I could be out here single. I could be out here struggling. You know, I could be lonely. 
I could be living a completely different life. Um, and it wouldn't be this, it wouldn't be this great. My leadership makes a great sacrifice for me, right? It's really about acknowledging the good of what other people do. You know, that same way you must acknowledge your own gifts and your own talents that the Most High has given you. We must also be willing to do the same for other people and having that same grace with other people to say, you know, they may want me to do something one way and I just simply don't have the talents and the gifts to accomplish that. We have to be willing to see it that way as well. You could want something from your leadership that they simply have not been appointed to provide um, or to offer or to accomplish. And what's most important is to remember that we as humans are more than our deeds. We are more than what we have to offer to other people. And at the end of the day, we do fall short. And having that grace, especially the grace that is willing to acknowledge other people's goodness, right? Other people's good contribution is what really will help us to maintain that order um, and the relationship between the submitter and the leader. The next point um, and way that we can overcome obstacles in submission is to stay in continual prayer. I really can't emphasize this enough um, and, and it should have been number one. Stay in continual prayer. Pray, pray, pray. Pray, pray, pray. Pray every day. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. Okay? Middle of the night. We should be praying. Not only should we be praying, we should also be prostrating. Right? And I'm thinking about making an episode about prostrating. But we need to be praying daily. Prayer literally changes things. Prayer is where we affirm the word. It's where we get our bread. It's where we find wisdom. It's where we can go to the Lord of Lords and say, you know, I need your help. I need your strength. You know, I need your clarity. I need your comfort. You know, I need your fellowship. I just simply need to be in your company. I need your joy. Right. Or you can say my leadership needs your joy. My leadership needs your comfort. My leadership needs your rebuke. And you cannot be afraid for your leadership to the point where you won't ask the most high to rebuke your leadership. Because at the end of the day, the book of Proverbs makes it very clear reproach and correction and discipline will save your life and where where someone's heart is fertile and receptive to reproach and discipline and correction they will find life everlasting that is wisdom to acknowledge a truth and to um you know, live in a way that respects that truth that, you know, if you eat this fruit, you will die. So don't be surprised when you eat this fruit and then death starts closing you about. Do not be afraid to say to the most high in prayer, you know, I don't trust my leadership. I'm having these insecurities. I'm feeling in this vulnerable place, this vulnerable space as a woman or as this employee, right? I can't trust my leadership. My leadership is out to get me or my leadership is clearly making mistakes that someone in that position of leadership should know better than to do. Speak those words to the most high. This is what prayer is for, you know, because often we feel as though, especially as wives, we feel as though our men don't have any heads. We feel as though our men don't 
answer to anybody. We feel as though our heads are just reigning supreme in the universe and they never have to answer for their actions. But I'm here to tell you, and the scripture will even make it very clear that men do answer for their debauchery, right? Leadership of all types, not just men, but all types of leadership for anyone who has, you know, positions of authority over animals, right? Over orphans or over the widows, over children. You have to answer for every single thing that you do. And if you're in that vulnerable place and you don't feel as though leadership is what it's supposed to be, you'd be surprised how much the Most High can change that leadership just because of your one prayer. Do not underestimate the power of prayer. The next point, decide to always be a part of the solution. This is a conscious effort and a conscious decision that must be made every single time you see the problem arising, right? The leadership is not communicating. The leadership is not following up. The leadership is not delegating tasks properly. Instead of focusing on what the leadership is doing wrong, especially, excuse me, especially as a wife, focus on how you can be a helper, how you can contribute good to the equation, how you can bring it back into the green instead of complaining about it being in the red. How can you be a benefit? How can you be, um, you know, the cornerstone, basically, right? How can you be that strong, weakest link? Because we've all heard the saying, um, you know, a family, a group, a team, a community, a nation is only as strong as its weakest link. So I want you to imagine a chain, and a chain is a bunch of little iron cuffs that are linked together and they create a chain of links. This chain is strong. It's iron or what have you. It's fortified, right? It can accomplish many great feats. And all of the links on this chain may be exceptional. But if you have that one link that's rusted and about to fall apart and it just gives, that chain suddenly becomes nothing because of one link. Do not be that weakest link. Whatever you have to do to keep your family together, keep the project from falling apart, you know, to accomplish the goal, Again, doing your part first and choosing to be a part of the solution because focusing and zoning in on what leadership is doing wrong and the flaws of leadership will only contribute to rebellion. It will only contribute to feelings of I'm not safe, I'm not appreciated, I'm not honored, and therefore... I don't feel as though I can do my part. You know, it will lead to simply put you making excuses not to do what the most high has ordered you to do or what simply leadership has ordered you to do. Um, and this also ties into the next way we can overcome these obstacles in submission. Set the example instead of running the mouth. 
That's really just it. Yahusha says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. This is the same principle. Set the example. Be the holy light. Let your light shine. This is the only way to, you know, really accomplish <clears throat> the goal. Especially when you're dealing in a human-to-human relationship. Um, particularly in marriage. Because let's just face it. Let's acknowledge it. The elephant in the room. The nagging. Nag, nag, nag. Nag, nag, nag. You need to do this. Why didn't you do that? You know, that doesn't work. <laughs> that does the opposite of work. That just, that destroys. It diminishes. It is, it's an all-consuming fire. It kills motivation. It kills joy. It kills love. And it doesn't fix anything. It doesn't. And even if your partner chooses to respond to your nagging by doing what you want, you may not understand that you have taken away their headship and you have taken away their sense of independence as a man to make their own decisions because they are a human being capable of intelligent thought. Um, and what's owed to them, according to the scripture, is the opportunity to lead by following the Most High and executing the Most High's will in his own life and in the life of um, those in his care, his, right, his family, his wife, his flocks, whomever. And yes, the truth is that they may not always be executing the Most High's will perfectly. But what our husbands are going to remember when they overcome their own obstacles in submitting to the Most High is going to be whether or not you supported them in the way that they needed you to be. And you don't want your husband to look back and think, yeah, she was right. But at what cost, you know, his dignity, his honor, you know, his esteem and his confidence as a man just went up on the chopping block because you had to be right. Sometimes you're right. Maybe all the time you're right. I'm not saying don't be right. My encouragement is to simply set the example. Lead by example. Show by example. Be that fortified woman, that proverbial woman, that woman of wisdom who rises early, who prepares for the winter when it is summer and preparing for the harvest when it is still spring. Having your affairs in order, right? Again, doing your part first, being who you're supposed to be. That is the only way to set the example. Not putting on a man's garments, right? A man's authority, a man's headship and trying to do his job or showing him how to do his job or telling him how to do his job, but doing your job in the way that you would hope your leader would do their job. Finally, and this is really the second most important point next to staying in continual prayer, honor your commitments Honor your commitment. If you signed a contract when you, you know, got hired, that's a commitment. You put your name on that. You said, I will follow these rules and yada, yada, yada. If you got married and you have a marital covenant, that's a commitment. 
right? I don't know what your vows are, but I'm sure you have some that you would honor and obey or that you would be, you know, at the bare minimum faithful, right? You would not commit adultery. Honor your commitments. And if you're a biblical woman in a biblical marriage, your commitment is to the Bible. Your commitment is to the Torah. Your commitment is to the word to say, I won't commit adultery. I won't be, you know, gaudy. I won't be haughty. I'll be, um, you know, the woman that I'm supposed to be, according to this word, I'll be proverbial. I will submit. I will give my husband the honor that the most high tells me to give. Not because I think my husband is an honorable man, not because I love my husband, you know, not even because I think my husband deserves the honor, but simply because this is what is ordered of me. This is what is expected of me from my creator. And I emphasize this point because it's easy in the beginning of your relationship or when times are good to offer that honor and submission to your husband, you know, or to leadership in general when they're doing things the right way, when they make you feel good and when you feel as though they're leading in the way that they should. Yet, this is a temporal fact. This is a temporal reality. And if we base our what's supposed to be fixed um, actions based on unfixed facts, they will crumble apart when we realize that our foundation that we were building upon was temporal. So don't base your commitment on what someone else is choosing to do. Because at the end of the day, you signed your name, you made this agreement, you acknowledged the rules, the regulations and the expectations before you jumped on board. So now you must take accountability for honoring your own word, um, accountability for your own actions as a woman, and most importantly, accountability for the way in which you impact those around you. It is truly up to us as women and really just human beings in general, because I know I have some non-female listeners in the audience. It's really up to us as human beings in general to acknowledge the most highest purpose for order and to choose to abide in that so that we are continually, um, you know, a part of the solution And a part of what makes things good, right? Because the Most High created the sun, the stars, the moon, the earth, the animals, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea, and every creeping, crawling thing upon the ground. And then he created man, and then he created woman, and he said, this is very good. This is good. (laughs) This is very good, right? So above all, let us ensure that as we struggle and we will struggle in submission, just as though our leaders struggle, girl, good night. Even (laughs) as our leaders struggle to lead sufficiently, we will struggle to follow sufficiently we got to have that grace and we got to make sure that we are prioritizing the very good thing amen 
Hallelujah. I appreciate you joining me for the season two kickoff. And I pray that the Most High would have spoken to you and blessed your heart in the way that I've been blessed to simply um, speak on this. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your blessings. Thank you for your honor. Thank you for your magnificent vision and intention with which you've carried out your creation and your process of creating and thank you for bestowing this same intention and vision upon your creation that we might carry out your will lord your will is good and pleasing and perfect according to romans chapter 2 sorry romans chapter 12 lord so let us walk with diligence in your purpose to honor you and to glorify you and to give you what you deserve and most importantly just simply as your creation to experience that goodness we know that this is your will for us lord and we are seeking after it with fear and trembling hallelujah amen that is all for today's episode of watered womanhood i hope you've been watered Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed today's episode, consider joining us over on the pink side. Yes, I am on Patreon and I offer exclusive content that just can't be shared on this side. Like my personal updates, a monthly magazine style newsletter, the opportunity to vote on episodes, behind the scenes contents, and more. I even offer a special tier for my feminine princesses starting as low as $5 a month. Be sure to follow, favorite, and leave a review wherever you're listening to make this podcast even more visible. Remember that you can stay up to date and join us for some interesting dialogues at thehebrewhousewife.com and join my newsletter for some members-only perks. And let the peace of Yahuwah rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Colossians chapter 3 verse 15. Until next time, my Shebrews, Shabbat Shalomah.